Yep, Lynn Annapolis Center, do you have any test yeah. operation to restrict Area 2508? Area 31, Roger. Traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some non-ballistic motion, over. Roger, Area 31, continue to send at your discretion, over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head-on, ultra-bright, and really moving. They're right by us right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Hey, this is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. A really big show. But first, let me introduce... The members of the posse, girls, get ready. It's that time of the week for you to sit down, get your mister, get your fan going, big box of Kleenex, big box of wipes, and I guess that extra large squeegee because the very famous Juan Juan is here. Hello, Mac. Hello, girls. Welcome to the show. It's going to be a great show tonight, I'm sure of it. It's going to be a crazy show. Guarantee it. Right. You what? Happy to be here, as always. All right. So what's going on with you? Did you get that... uh, Rolling Stones blanket in the background. You got that washed, laundered yet? Uh, I haven't laundered it in about a month, but it's probably due. <laughs> oh, it does fuck. have a tendency of collecting dust. Okay, dust. Okay, all I, right. I hate dust. Yeah, who doesn't? So listen. So um, I uh, sorry. Uh, let's get the bad news out of the way for us. Gilst and Gigi Gilson and Mills. No Coco tonight. He's out saving the world once again. However, maybe maybe his his Robin is with him. The, the Robin to his Batman, because no switchy tonight either. He sent me... Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. He said something about going down to the uh, to the girls' orphanage or I, something. I don't know what he's saying. Yeah, I'm suspicious no, about that. You know, Switch told me. What? Told me he's going to Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, I There's think... A, yeah, it's the annual convention of the toupee wearers out there. Oh, the toupee. Yeah, the rug. Yeah, the yeah, rug. It's, it's a big time. He's, he's going to be speaking there, I guess. <laughs> the meeting of the rugs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They have it every yeah, year. Him and Mothman will be there. Oh, good. Okay. Mothman also. Argo, great movie. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, um, also uh, with us, joining us tonight, um, is uh, Jocko Johnson. He's having some technical difficulties, so we'll bring him in later. Um uh, also joining us up there in uh, Sideways, New York, is uh, good friend, uh, our good friend, a favorite good witch, Raven. Raven, how are you doing tonight, Raven? Hello, my friends. I'm doing so good. Thank you for having me. Okay. Now, we should just explain. Well, let me introduce Club first. And our security chief, likely he's here tonight. Willie Club is with us. Willie. Hi, Mac. Great to be here. Okay. Looking forward to another big uh, shoe. Yeah, you ready? You get your seatbelt fastened. Here we go. Uh, now, let's get back to Raven for a second because Raven is actually doing a remote, as they say in the biz tonight. She is in a uh, American Legion Hall in Endicott, New York. It's a place that we have kind of adopted. They've adopted us. And um, so they're joining us tonight. Off and on tonight, there's a bar going on. There's a bar there. There's pool going on there. Apparently, there's bingo going on there. 
it's a lot of fun. So listen, why don't we just very quickly say hi uh, to the um, post commander, Mike Coleman. Mike Coleman, maybe you want to give the cans to him, please, Raven? That's I all. am going to pass these to him right now. Okay. I meant your headphones. Okay. All right. <laughs> hi, Mike. Mike Coleman, how are you doing? Mike. I'm doing well, Mac. Okay. Pleased to meet you. Okay, pleased hey, to Mike, meet you. Uh, thank you for your service, by the way. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I was in that. the Navy. He was in the we Navy. We don't hear that very often. Uh, well, listen. Well, we should hear more of it. From you know, Navy it's, guys? It's crazy, so, uh, hey, Mike, now listen, tell us, uh, what's the name of the post, first of all? Our post is uh, called American Legion Post 82. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's George F. Jansen, the Indicat, uh, EJ founder of Indicat Jansen Shoe Company. Mm -hmm. He donated the building to us back in 1922. 22. But it's 1920. It'd be 100 years old next year. Nice. Okay. Well, how many members do you have? Right now, we have just under 195. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's a veteran? Yes, they are. Okay. That's that's the men. That's the post. Now, there is auxiliary also. Mm -hmm. okay. The women. They, there's about approximately 50 of them. Mm -hmm. And then we have what we call the Sons of the American Legion, and there's roughly 30 of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, we met you through uh, Lonely Larry, who is uh, Raven's father. He plays pool mm -hmm. there. Now, just give us a little description of the place. So you have pool tables, you have a bar, you have a bingo hall? Right. Uh, the building is, has three floors on it. Mm -hmm. uh, the lower level is where the pool hall is. It used to be bowling alleys. There was four bowling alleys in there, wow. which were manual bowling alleys. They weren't automatic pen setters. So cool. we had pen boys. Mm. And uh, that the machines got so outdated that we couldn't have bowling there anymore. So it sat idle. It got to be a storage area. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally, someone got the great idea of uh, ripping them out and put putting in a, a, a pool hall. Cool. And it's okay. worked wonders for us. Sounds it's like brought us back. Uh, financially, yes. and it's worked. Uh, uh, we have a pool every night down there. Cool. Now, now listen, on the second floor, yep. we have uh, our main hall. Mm -hmm. Okay, you might be interrupting you. No, no, not at all. Uh, we have our main hall. Our main hall, in which is tonight, Tuesday, there's bingo night going on, which uh, I, I th thankfully you got me out of it for a while. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I pay out the, the payouts when the people hit the bingo. I, I, I dole out the money to them. Okay. Uh, and then third floor, we ran out the third floor. There's currently a fitness uh, fellow up there oh, wow. that uh, has women and men up there that pay so much a, a session to do their training up there. Oh, wow. Okay. And well, that's about it for uh, for for the building itself. There's a bar down there where the pool where the pool hall is. Of man. course, yes. Okay, I can't think of a better place to have a fitness center than in a bar room slash pool hall. Huh? <laughs> right. So listen, how's the how's the food, by the way? Yeah, how's the food? Well, we don't uh, serve food. Oh, there okay. you go. So it must be right. great then. Okay. So listen, uh, hey Mike, you just drink and be happy, you know? Just yeah, alcohol. Eat, oh, yeah. Drink and be happy. Right, right. right. Eat someplace else. Boy, okay. does, that's right. Does that hit us? They do bring spot? in. They do bring in pizza. And you stuff can bring your own stuff. They, okay. So, right. So it's it's it works out that way for them. Hey, Mike, um, what, what service were you in, and when were you in? I was uh, in the United States Air Force. I uh, I graduated from UE High School, which is next door to our post, mm -hmm. in 1961, and then went on to Broome Community College for two years. Mm -hmm. And my father wanted me to go to the University of Scranton, and I said. 
uh, I'm sick of school. I want to go into the service. So I went, I joined the United States Air Force mm. in 19 August of 63. Yep. And I was there for roughly almost four years. I got, I got discharged in July of 1967. Mm-hmm. Did you meet, did you miss all that fun over in Vietnam? Uh, I was fortunate. Thank God. I, I, I had to go to Guam when we started the bombing of North Vietnam. Yep. Uh, I went to Guam with the B-52 bombers that were uh, dropping the Big bombs on them at that time. They started around 65, 66. I was there in 66 in Guam. Wow. Huh? Uh, I was there for roughly six months. Mm-hmm. And then I went back to my base in Georgia. And then what did you do once you got out of the service? Well, uh, I took some time off. I went on unemployment. Cool. Uh, my father didn't like it. He mm-hmm. said, get your ass to work. Sounds like so my I father. So I went down and uh, I had an accounting degree from the, the, the Broom Tech. And uh, I went down to the local bank and applied, and they uh, they hired me. Oh. And uh, I got into the computer oh, good. Uh, aspect of it. Yes, yes. I worked in the computer area for roughly uh, oh, six years, and then I went, went down to the auditing department, and I was an auditor for four years. Oh, boy. And uh, that's not a – people don't like auditors. You walk on the – you knock on the front door. They go, oh, no, not you. You know I mean? It's not a happy job. Yes, yes. So I, I – and I wasn't paying well either. Mm-hmm. So uh, after about 10 years, I decided to go on to the United States Postal Service. Oh, good. And, okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, I worked there. They took my four-year service and counted. So with that and uh, my time, I had 33 years service in the Postal Service. Oh, good. Wow, nice. Okay, Sweet. nice. Hey, listen, yeah. Mike. Well, listen, thanks for inviting us into the uh, place tonight. Uh, hopefully you can stop by later on and talk to us. Let's give them a round of applause right now, yeah. though, okay? Thank you for your well, service. Thank again, you thank the, you for your service and thank everybody well, else for hey, us. For this. I, I, love our, I love our country and I love our post. Oh. Uh, I want to thank Mac for the donation, though, that he sent down to us. It was very, very well appreciated, Mac. Thank you. Okay. What was that donation? Wasn't it beer? It was a beer donation, it's, correct? It's, it was beer that I don't drink, but uh, it was donated, and it, I'm sure I'm sure it'll be drank up. Thank okay. you very, very right. much. Thank you, Mike. We really appreciate okay. it. We'll talk to you later on. So listen, um, why don't we take a quick commercial break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back. We've all heard of Area 51 the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54. How about Tonopah Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon.
Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Mill Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Hey, this is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. We are doing a remote. Raven is doing a remote from um, American Legion Post 82 in Endicott, New York. Post Commander is Mike Coleman. We just had a nice conversation with him. He'll be joining us later on. We love our veterans, and there's a lot of them there, 100 people are uh, members of the American Legion Post 82 in Endicott, New York. Used to be a bowling alley. Now it's a fitness place and also pool, bar, and bingo. What more do you want? Right, Lonnie? Right. Okay. Awesome. Everything except a uh, a pole. A pole. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, well, gonna, I'm not going to answer that We have that one of anyway. those here, too. Don't worry about oh, wow. that. <laughs> oh, you do? Okay. Okay. Let me put my shades Whatever. I can understand this. Okay, uh, sorry, girls and um, girls of all ages. No cocoa tonight. Self saving the country. Uh, no switchy tonight. He's you know speaking at some kind of a hair system convention apparently. Clinically, uh, but uh, also but on hand with us is our security chief Willie Club. Willie, how you doing tonight? Okay, we had a few words. Mac, I'm doing great. Okay, super duper. Yeah, looking forward to tonight. Yeah, it's going to be nuts. Uh, also joining us later on tonight will be uh, Draco Johnson, and uh, we have a guest tonight, um, Simeon Hine, who's going to be talking to us about crop circles and also these odd UFOs called black swan UFOs. Waiting for that. Um, and uh, who well, and, and also Lois Lane is here someplace, so... It's going to be quite a few. So why don't we do this? We have a bit, as they say in the uh, business. This is true and false for Club, Juan Juan, and Raven. Now, someone's going to have to keep score. I guess that's going to be me. Okay? Hi. <laughs> Mac, <laughs> I can keep score line. if you'd like. Okay. All right. Just, just don't pad your own score there. Okay? Why not? Okay. Okay. There you go. Perfect. This club always stepping up to the plate. Okay, you ready for this now? It's just true or false. True or false. Okay. And it's famous women in the military. Okay, famous women in the military. Okay, one, you're 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 frowning. Why? I thought you would. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. Ready? Are we ready? Yep. True or false? Okay. Number ten. Gail Gadot, the star of Wonder Woman, served in the Israeli Armed Forces. Let's go to Raven first. She doesn't have her microphone on. Let's go to Juan Juan first. Gail Godot, star of Wonder Woman, served in the Israeli army. Yes or no? I'm going to say true. Okay. All right. Because it's so off the wall that it's got to be true. Raven, you know the star of Wonder Woman? You know who she is? I do. Okay. I was also going to say true because okay. I think, I think I, I don't know. Okay. Two trues. Uh, I got a hey, hunch. Club. Oh, it's false. False. Okay. The answer is true. She was actually in the Israeli army. Okay. No kidding. Yeah. I yeah. knew it. Yeah. She was like a fitness instructor, though. It wasn't like I she... bet. Okay. She looks wonderful. Here we go. Number nine. Number nine. B. Arthur, star of TV's Golden Girls and the patron saint of GG Gilfs Everywhere, <laughs> served in the U.S. Marines. Okay, Raven, yes or no? Bia, I you... say true. True, okay. She looks like a Marine. Is that what you're trying to say? She's badass. Okay, yeah. badass. One, one. Be Arthur. She looks like a drill instructor. I'm going to say true as okay, well true. because. Uh, Club. Yeah. No, it's definitely false. Oh, wow. Club is wrong. 
It's true. She was in the uh, one of the first people to serve in the U.S. Marines uh, Women's Corps or something. Yeah, who knows what she did. Okay. Be alpha. All right. Looks like uh, two to two to zero. Okay. Number eight. I feel funny being the one reading these things. But number eight. In 1948, sex therapist Dr. Ruth trained as a sniper for the Israeli Defense Force. Does anyone remember Dr. Ruth? I do. Dr. Ruth? Yes, yes, I remember. Perfect. Okay, why don't we go to club? Club, yes or no? Definitely no. She was too short for the Air Force. Okay, all right. She was or just... any, any military. Okay. Raven, yes or no? Do you know who Dr. Ruth is? I don't. Okay, all right. Give it a guess. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say false because it just seems a little out there. Okay, all right. One, one. Dr. Ruth? I think it's false because her voice would scare everybody away and there'd be nobody to snipe she her. She wouldn't at. have to shoot anyone. Uh, as it turns out, you're right. all incorrect. She was what? A, yep, she was a sniper for the Israeli Defense Force from 48 to 1950. Okay, number oh. seven. I feel weird. Outrageous. Okay, here we go. Number seven. Ready? I'm going to Google that. Okay. Yeah, Google. Number Jocko, Google that, will you? Yeah, if, when he joins us. Number seven, before she became famous, TV superstar Jennifer Aniston lived with the commandant of the U.S. Navy SEAL Team 6 detachment in San Diego. One one. True. true. One one says true. Raven. Jennifer. They say false. Raven says false. Club. Yeah, I agree with Raven. That's false. Okay, it is false. Sorry, one one. Yeah. yeah. Yikes, we're going to have to sweeten this baby up. All right, here we it go. sounded plausible. Ready? Number six. In 1953, in order for her to get a security clearance to do two USO shows for allied troops fighting in Korea, actress Marilyn Monroe was sworn into the U.S. Army as a private and then given an honorable discharge one week later. Juan Juan. I believe it's true. Okay. I believe it. Club. Uh, definitely false. Okay. Raven. You know who Marilyn Monroe is? Uh, yes, I love Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> Norma Jean Baker. There you go. Uh, I'm going right. to say true. True? Okay. Uh, it's false, as it turns out. Totally made up. But there's a funny story. She did go over to Korea and, and entertain the troops, okay? And she came back, and at the time, her husband was Joe DiMaggio, the famous you know baseball player. And she said, oh, Joe, you, you have no idea what it's like to go out there and have 50,000 people cheering for you and he says yes i do it happens every day to me <laughs> of course okay. all right here we go Red. did you really say that yeah 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 okay that's funny number five howard stern's annoying longtime sidekick robin quivers was once a captain in the u.s air force one one i don't believe it false false club true true raven you know who howard stern is I do. I can't stand him. I would say true, true. just because I really don't know. Okay. It is true. She was a captain what? in the Air Force. Yeah, she was a nurse in the Air Force, as it turns out. Okay. Oh Number four. Queen Elizabeth. You should know this one, uh, Wani. Queen Elizabeth served as a truck mechanic in the British Army during World War II. True. Wow. And she was a good one, too. Club. Absolutely true. Okay. Raven. True. Wow, it is true. She was a she was she can tune up a car, tune up a truck. The queen. Yeah. Okay. She was she served as a truck mechanic in the home forces, 
um, for the entire um, extent of the war. The only royal family member who was officially in the service. Okay, here we There's go. It's a good documentary film about that. Oh, really? Part yeah. of her life, too, yeah. Oh, okay. About an hour long, yeah. It's on uh, Netflix. Number three, British actress Lily James once played a prostitute in a training film for the British Special Forces. Juan Juan. He probably has the video, knowing him. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it was smuggled into my mailbox. It's an underground video. Nobody really knows okay. this. Yes. But I'm, just for the public airwaves, I'm going to say false. Okay, false. Club. It's true. True. Raven. Uh, true. True. I'm sorry. Uh, it's false. Juan Juan got it right. He knows everything about Lily James. He would I know. know. I should have listened to him. I do. Okay. I know what her underwear size is. And okay. All right. Here. <laughs> TMI. All right. Here we She's go. Supposed Num to be sending me a pair too. Ready? Okay. Stop. Unless. Okay. Never mind. You better stop. Okay. Number two. Your size. Yeah. What I size? Do know what That's size. what I was gonna say. What size? My eyes only, by the way. Okay. There you go. Number two. Wear them some night on the show. There you go. <laughs> New Year's Eve. N number two. In 1942, actress Hedy Lamarr, once described as the most beautiful woman in Europe, received a U.S. patent for inventing a radio-controlled frequency-hopping torpedo, which was more difficult to detect in the water than ordinary torpedoes. I'm going to go to club first. Hedy Lamarr invented a torpedo. Absolutely true. Yep. Raven. You know, I'm gonna say true. Okay, Wani. Definitely true. You know, it's actually true. She while she was an actress, she and another uh, a friend of hers invented this torpedo. And what they did was radio controlled, and um, they invented frequency hopping. Now, frequency hopping is the same technology that you have in uh, police scanners. You know, when you see a police right. scanner and they're just going back and forth and back and forth. Okay. Yeah, she actually did that, and that's strange. What a weird, what a weird dual life. Okay, we're down to number. There's a movie about that too. Is uh, it really? It's, yeah. it's amazing. She she was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, she was really smart. Okay, she's like a mathematician, and you know, not only beautiful, but she was smart. Smart. Yeah, that's how we like them. Wicked smart. Number one, we're finally at the end. Here we go. Get ready for this. All right. Hey, hey, what's the what's the score there, Club? I'm up by one. Really. Okay. Do you want to give the scores of everyone else? Or? I think I'm four. Well, I don't. Well, I don't want to embarrass them, but okay. they're a little bit behind. Go right ahead. But this good. Let's see now. All right, here we go. All right, the last one. Keep my behind out of this. The last one. Ready? Okay. Adult film star Cherry Poppins, also known as Jane Blow, and the wife of X-rated video director Rusty Bona, served in the U.S. Navy during Desert Storm. True. True. Go ahead, Club. Served what? We don't know, but right. I, I Oh, I agree. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Raven. Do you know who Cherry Poppins is? True. Yeah. Because okay. that's like such a, a meat cute, you okay. know? Yeah. Mm. As it turns out, no, that's completely false. So anyway, why don't we give ourselves <laughs> let's give ourselves a hand, okay? And we'll uh speak. Mac, it in. ended up as a tie. A three way tie. Really? really? Yeah. Holy cow. A three way tie. A three way tie. I love three ways. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for, for that. Okay, so listen, why don't we take a commercial break now and calm down, regroup, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We have a guest coming up. Simeon Hine is going to talk to us about crop circles and other and things UFO-related. And uh, Lois Lane is here somewhere, and um, we are doing a remote from Post 82 
American Legion Post 82 in Endicott, New York, um, who um, it's a bar hall, it's a pool hall, a bar, a bingo hall, and a fitness center. Which one of these doesn't fit? Okay. So why don't we do this? Why don't we take the commercial break now? And we'll be right back after this. Please stay tuned. Hey, fans. Lois Lane here. And I think it's time for you to get some free swag from Mac Maloney's Military Exile show. We have badges, pins, bar coasters, and some very cool 3D show logos that we just can't wait to give away. Just go to MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button. Send us an email with your mailing address and we'll ship the free swag out to you quicker than Switch can eat breakfast. That's MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button to get your free swag today. Requests for tasteful news of one one will be handled on a case-by-case basis. Maloney's Miltrex. I'll show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Let me quickly introduce the members of the Posse Girls. The very famous one one is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. Glad to be with you. Good. Uh, no Coco tonight, no Switch tonight. Can you imagine what those two are up to? I'm bumming big time. Yep. Batman and Robin this out there. Those two. Stopping crime. Yeah. Uh, however, with us is our security chief, Willie Club. Willie, how you Hi, doing? Mac. Hi, folks. Okay. Great to be here tonight. Are you armed? Good to see you, Club. Are you armed? As always. You too, boy. Are you armed tonight? Uh, yes, I am. Okay, good to know. All right. Also with us is uh, Jocko Johnson, our southern correspondent down there somewhere in the deep south. Jocko, how are you doing tonight? Good, Mac. How are you? Much, okay. much better now. Much better. Okay. You look relaxed as always. He does. He always does. Right. He's like chilling. He's like the king of chilling. He's the man. king of chill. That's what we should You say. learn that when you have to question a lot of people. There you go. Jocko was, as we know, 10 years in the NYPD Blue. He's 10 just... years down here in South Carolina Sheriff's Department. Oh, good. Okay. And between, wow. in, in those 20 years, how many hippies did you slap around? I'm going to say dozens, right? If they were arrested, maybe. If okay. they resisted, I don't know. If they're not just, I, I, you lose count after a while. Do you really? Just okay, that I can one understand. big blur. <laughs> okay, and then all the hippies. It's just everybody to blur. Lose count. We have a, um, we have a guest with us. Okay, so we have to behave ourselves. Simeon Hine is joining us. Let's give him a, a round of applause right out of the gate. Hello, Simeon. How are you doing? Hey, thank you. Okay, where, where are you located? Uh, I am in my bunker in Boulder, Colorado. Right Boulder, now. Colorado. You need a bunker out there. Okay, that's cool. All right. Good place. And, and uh, you've written a number of books, and and I love the, um, the the topics of the books. So let me ask you this: Now, how did you get into you know writing about the paranormal and discussing it and researching it and so on? It started with taking a class in remote viewing back in 1996. Oh, I, uh, I just moved here to Boulder. I heard someone talking on the community radio station, Dr. Courtney Brown. 
who had the Farsight Institute, he had learned RV from one of the people in the military unit at Dames, and he had set up his own RV training facility uh, just north of Atlanta. And he had written a book called Cosmic Voyage. And I, uh, I, I, you know, I had finished graduate school. I was skeptical, but open-minded. I, mm. I didn't think I had any special ability. I thought maybe he had to be like a special psychic person or something. Mm -hmm. And I took his class and it was like, you know, a gateway drug to lots of different phenomena. Cool. Yes. Yes. Wow. So what did you, uh, what did you go to school for though? Oh, I have a PhD in sociology to teach uh, oh. research methods, stats, stuff like that. PhD. Mm. So you're a doctor, mm. you're a doctor in other words. Piles higher and deeper. Mm -hmm. Could, uh, are you able to get us a uh, marijuana prescription, medical marijuana prescription? We ask every doctor who is on the show. No problem. It's legal here in Colorado. Yeah, yes, out. that's the answer we want to <laughs> hear. Right. Yep. Uh, so, so, and how long have you been in this? How long have you been in this? I started again in 96, and then I found, wow, I'm getting results. I can't explain this. I'm drawing the target pictures. They're in the folders. They're hidden. Mm. Everyone else in the class is getting some results. There's something going on here that I wasn't taught about in school. Mm -hmm. And I got really curious, you know, is there some other paradigm, some other scientific principles at work? I mean, you can't deny what's right in front of your face on a page that you drew. I mean, accurately drawing a target picture that you won't see for half an hour. And there it is. How did you do that? Mm. You know, I mean... I got really curious. I'm not sure I really liked it in some ways. I thought it wasn't going to work, but it worked. And so I eventually started my own research institute out here in Boulder in 97. So I've been involved with this since 90, 1996. Right. So that's a good long time. Okay. So let's let's just explain to people who, who might not know that remote viewing is something that you know people have been doing for a while, but the military was involved in. We've had Bill Ray on here and a couple of other people who were involved in it with the military, but basically what it is is that they get certain people who have some kind of an ability, ESP or whatever you want to call it, and they're given a target and they're asked to describe the target, either draw it or verbally whatever, before even seeing it. And then a lot of people who are involved in this actually get like accurate in their heads, I guess, you know, accurately can describe these things that they've never seen before. How's that, doctor, for an explanation? Yeah, that's pretty close. Uh, you said Bill. Bill Ray studied with Ingo Swan. He learned the CRV system. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a written system on a page, uh, controlled remote viewing. There's another system called ERV, which was just sort of more what you're describing, where you see images and you, you just talk into a tape recorder. But this is a written system. I, I learned that system. And yeah, it was, uh, it was studied and researched by the CIA and the Defense Intelligence Agency mm -hmm. uh, as a sort of type of psychic espionage. And it started in the early 70s. They went, uh, SRI had a program out at Palo Alto at Stanford, Stanford Research Institute, as it was called back then. The DIA had their own program on the East Coast. And the, you know, you, as you can imagine, they started this because they thought that there was a threat from Russia and China, Soviet Union at the time, mm -hmm. who were already doing this from the 60s. And it had extensive research programs. And it, if you look at the documents, which have been declassified, Russell Targ got them, 
declassified when he created his movie third eye spies which you know to, to today's the best movie on rp very good you should okay. all check it out it's really about the history of the program very well done third mm-hmm. eye spies uh you know when they started it was like what can the our adversaries do to us that we can't do back <laughs> yes they, maybe they can psychically penetrate into our facilities Oops. and we need a response we mm-hmm. need to can we block it can we get our own psychics that's how the whole thing started it sure it went until the 90s probably still going on somewhere right just not in the same yeah. yeah, we talk about it, uh, you know, kind of frequently on the show, and I think we are all in agreement that somehow this isn't something that they, they would just give up, even though they told the public they did. It's probably a good chance that it's still going on. So listen, what your first example, the first thing, what 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 was it like? You know, what, what were you looking for? What did you see? What did it turn out to be? Well, in general, uh, you start out with these verifiable practice targets things that we can all agree upon what we're viewing. You know, Eiffel Tower, Mount Kilimanjaro, famous people, events, historical events. And it's written on a page or the pictures in a folder. And there's only one rule during RV. That's the challenge is to follow it. The one rule is don't edit anything out once you start your session. Okay. And you're directing your unconscious mind to pick up details about the target photo or a statement that you're going to be shown at the end of the session. Okay. It can even be done double blind so that nobody knows what the target is to eliminate the idea of mental uh, telepathy coming from a person who might know the target ahead of time. And your job is to describe it. So when you sit down, it's kind of confusing at first. You write down impressions you get. The monitor is asking you to describe the target location or the target event or something very neutral like that. And you write down what you're getting. These are very subtle impressions that are not like the thinking we're used to in our minds of loud thoughts that we can, you know, describe easily and, uh, are, you know, that seem very 3D intangible. These are very subtle signals that seem more like daydreaming. Interesting. But they're accurate. That's the shocking thing is that these very weak signals are very accurate mm-hmm. in your awareness. What was the first target that you... Um that you, you know, successfully saw? I think, you know, that's a good question. The one that really blew me away, it was a picture of Cancun Bay with the hotels Hmm. there in Mexico. And of course, Target's blind. I don't know what I'm getting, but I just got a lot of people speaking Spanish. I got this water, these tall buildings. I'm going walking around in the buildings. I'm going to the places where they're cooking food it feels like a resort mm-hmm. and i drew the picture that was actually the target picture i had the bay and some wow. fishing boats and a couple rocks and it was all in the right places right right and the building so when i got to see the target feedback i was like it's it's a little disturbing i have to tell you all yes because you don't know how you did it yeah i mean you're just writing you thought i made this up right it's just daydreaming right. and there you have the whole target and then you do it again or someone else does it in the next target. You don't get every single one like that. But when you nail one of them and you had no help, you don't know how you did it. And it starts, you really start to wonder how things work. Are things more connected than we were told in school? Sure. You know, it, it, is what we were told, is it just part of what's going on? The whole, everything you and I have been told about science in yes. school, is that just a kind of incomplete description? That's what you start wondering. Because look, you're looking at the data and then you find out that there was a military unit and you see some of these examples where people like, you know, Bill Ray or Joe McMonagle or Ingo Swan or Pat Price, where they were able to read words on a file, you know, on a folder, 
file folder, just stuff that even is better than you did. Obviously, it's natural people are naturally good at it, and it's it's really stunning. You wonder how do they do it? Right? How do they do it? How do they do it? What force of nature, a force in your mind, is allowing this uh, strange thing to occur? Well. It's kind of like an underground internet that you didn't know you had, that you're already connected to. Some sort of, um, you know, hidden stream of information where you can intentionally connect to another place, person, event, time, and get information like we're getting it right now mm -hmm. uh, through this call. And it's just already built into you. And nobody told you you had it. That's the only way I can make sense of it. Upton Sinclair, the author, wrote a book called Mental Radio. It's, it's like that, but it's not an electromagnetic signal. Mm -hmm. It's another particle that prop physics probably hasn't completely discovered yet. I think one good candidate would be dark matter, relic mm -hmm. neutrinos from the cosmic background. They're, they're all over the place. Sure. And we interact with them. There, there's some other energy source uh, field that we're interacting with. That's my view. Uh, but nobody knows for sure. Right. So, so when they, when you, um, you know, um, came to the conclusion that this was Cancun, what did they say to you? Did they just say, we're thinking of something, you know, give no. us. No, the picture is taken out of the folder and everyone gets to see the target picture. Okay. You all gather. There were eight of us in the class at the time. Courtney liked to do it pretty much the way the military had done their training, kind of in a gray room with no windows. Mm -hmm. So there was a desk in the middle, cubicles on the outside of the room facing okay. the walls. Yep. And when we're done, we all come to the center. Here's the target. This is what you guys were looking at. And everyone goes, wow. You know, and I, I looked at that and I said, how did I do that? I mean, because you, you think you know how you work. You think by the time you reach a certain age, you kind of know what's going on, you yep. know yourself. And then here you're doing something that you had no idea you could do. Okay. And nobody ever told you about it's kind of shocking. So, so when um, when you went in, when you started the class, I'm, I'm, um, you know, I just want to get this, um, you know, right. So, you go in. There's eight of you in there, and then they show you a picture of Cancun, or how do they how mm -hmm. do they get you? They show you a picture of Cancun, and, and but if you see a picture, it would be easy to draw it if you see the picture. No, you don't see the picture till the sessions are done. Oh, I see. Okay, so what do they say? They just say, you know, we have a target picture. You're not seeing it. Write okay, down yeah, what you think good it question. is. Uh, they, it, CRV uses random coordinates. It, it, it was taken from a time when they, when they first started this with viewer Ingo Swan, they had him viewing things in boxes and they show this in the third eye spies movie. And they had Yuri Geller before Ingo mm -hmm. for about six weeks. Uh, and they would give them objects in boxes and say, what's in the box? Well, Ingo got bored. They, they could do it. They could describe very accurately what was in a small box, you know, different Damn. trinkets and items and things, you know, a leaf or, you know, cricket or something like that. But they got bored with that. And Ingo said, you know, I can put my mind anywhere in the universe. This is a trivialization of my ability. So they, they weren't sure how do you get someone out, out of the room. So Ingo came up with the idea of coordinates, or he said he heard a voice telling him to try coordinates while he was in the pool wow. at his apartment that they had rented for him in Palo Alto. Somehow he came up with the idea of coordinates, or it was, you know, he heard something say, try coordinates. They tried, they didn't think it was going to work, but they got an atlas and they were doing longitude and latitude with the best atlas they could find in Palo Alto. And uh, 
And then someone criticized it, said maybe he has a, a very, you know, eidetic memory. I think that's what it's called. Where like, he, like a photograph. He can memorize the whole map. There are people like that sure. who, who can memorize things perfectly. So they randomized the coordinates and put, wrote them in folders. And that's what we ended up using is these randomly generated group of eight numbers written on a post-it put on top of a file folder. Within the file folder is a picture of Cancun. Or wow, whatever the target. Man, that is Simeon, nuts. are you in sort of like a meditative state when you're going through this exercise? Are you alone in a room and you know in the darkness? How do, how does this all come about? It's actually, I think it's an alpha state, which is a slightly relaxed state. Not too relaxed. It's not a it's not a really uh Daydream. It's not a really like sleeping state or a dreaming state. It's awake but relaxed. Mm -hmm. uh, that's you, it was designed to work on the battlefield, but it's too slow. They wanted something that soldiers could use in the heat of the moment to make battlefield tactical decisions, but they couldn't because it's slow. Mm -hmm. It's a slow, weak signal that osmotically enters into your awareness while you're focused on describing those numbers. What's at the target that's significant, you know, indicated by those target numbers, and it's slow, but you're awake. It's eyes open, eyes open. Wow. So, so I there are other systems that are eyes closed, but not this CRV system. Right. So I remember reading or, or hearing that you know originally what they wanted to do is oh the the way that the military used this sometime is that they would say we think that there's a secret submarine base, Russian submarine base in Vladivostok or however you say that. Okay. They have visual of it. They have satellite pictures of it. They would go to the remote viewer to kind of, you know, uh, get that third, you know, that that third, not guess, but that third explanation. And then they would say, wow, you know, maybe we have something going here because they already knew what the remote viewer was kind of looking for. And they figured, wow, if they could find Russian submarines or rocket bases or whatever, yeah. that's a very, very powerful weapon, right? Exactly. That was the idea, you know, go deeper than what the satellite can see, move the viewers around inside buildings. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, they, they could do it very, very well. Okay. And, uh, you know, Joe, Joe McMonagle ended up getting a Legion of Merit Award for remote viewing alone for on the plaque, it said for 200, something like 200 successful sessions or something like that that's crazy uh, they actually indicated how many correct hits he had on top of how many sessions right but he got an award one of the highest i think it's the highest beat time award you can give someone See, from the military legion of merit there's no or remote viewing and so he's an example of someone uh who could do it very well and kind of created his own system and yeah yeah you walk around the buildings you you know you get information, you spy basically that, well, those guys are using it for that reason or, or to move ahead into the future and mm. get information about an event that hasn't happened yet. Things okay. Like that. Which brings us Simeon. to, which, oh, oh, go sorry. ahead, Chaco, please. Simeon, I understand that I've heard people talk about this, that it's something that anybody can learn to do. You don't have to have this inert ability. Is that true? Yeah. Is that true. Every, so yeah, I've been teaching. Have, we all have this ability. Yeah, I've been teaching classes here since 97, and it's just total beginners. And I'm always impressed by what total beginners can come up with. Do you think the Russians and the Chinese are still doing it, and we're not? 
I wouldn't see why not. You know, there was, after the Cold War ended, they did have go over to Russia and that, you know, what became Russia and met with their counterparts, their mm-hmm. former adversary viewers, psychics. It, it, and they had an extensive program. People are very good at it. I don't know, obviously, if they have it, they're not saying anything because I don't have any specific information. But why give it up? You know what I mean? Why give it up? If it's, if it's have something- Have we stopped? We haven't stopped. I, I don't think we've stopped. It's not coming out of the same programs, but based on my information, it's probably, it could have been privatized. It's it's the same thing that discussion we're having about UFO metamaterials. Is it given to private companies to mm-hmm. develop? And, right. Uh, it's, 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 I don't, I don't know any, I don't have any specific information we're, we're still using it, but I will, I don't. I wouldn't see why not. It's a very inexpensive way to get information. Right, and and and, 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 and it. It's it's a good way to get information. So listen. So let me ask you this. We have to ask this question. We ask this question of everyone on here that we talk Always. about remote viewing. Okay. Now you said that there's a possibility you could look into the future and maybe see something, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So can you look yeah, into the it. can you look into the future and see the score of the next Super Bowl? And can yes. you, and can oh you can okay hang on one one here we go okay I'm writing it down we, we get one on the line uh, who so, are the participants and what's the score there are people who've tested this over a decade with okay. the stock market mm-hmm. oh, just tell me who's going and okay, let him finish. they were they, they were able to get it correct about sixty five percent of the time over ten years over Greg Kalajdzic a an endurance kind of athlete from Kennedy did this just to see to test it and he was able to get six there's no way you're going to get with five thousand bets you're going to get 65 percent on something that's binary like the stock market up down mm-hmm. predicting right. where it's going to be unless it's something else is going on and he he did it 65 even 70 percent. that's pretty Jeez. good man that's great 70 75 percent of 70 percent in the stock market is yeah. not bad okay so so there is not a bad. there is a chance that at some point if we got a hold of you let's say around the middle of january you might be able to remote view what the uh, score of the Super Bowl is and maybe tell us the spread, something. Well, I'm expensive. What do you say? Okay. All right. Let's uh, take that contract offline and, okay. and see what, uh, what goes. Uh, I have. I don't do stuff like that generally, but people – you could do it yourself. You don't need me to do it. You, uh, and there's a system. It's called ARV, Associated Remote Viewing, okay. where you use it to make predictions. And we did it with the stock market once with play money and got it right 10 out of 10 times. Ooh, no way. Play that's money. Crazy. Oh, that's nuts. You, you could do it with cryptos, anything. Wow. So so uh, I'm going to throw I'm going to ask Raven because um I don't know why she's up in the upper left-hand corner. Raven, what do you think about have, have you ever had anything like this, Raven? Do you have any kind of ESP? Uh yeah. Um not like serious stuff. Um, just like little things mm-hmm. like, um, feeling like, oh, I, I haven't seen this person in a while. And then the next thing, you know, like they're either at my door or they're calling me on the phone, sure. just like vibes like that. That but happens nothing, a lot. Yeah. Nothing like real, I guess I should say. Right. I call um, that synchronicity, that kind of stuff that happens a lot. Synchronicity. Yeah. Little, yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just stuff like that. Did you foresee this would be a train wreck of a show tonight? Did that come to you? No. Will you stop? Okay. I'm we, smack we have you an, around the next time I see you. Okay. Well, we haven't asked Simeon the usual question that we asked too. On top of the who's going to win the Super Bowl, what's the score? Go ahead. Is um, in Massachusetts, like in most states, they spin a thing, 
kind of like a bingo for the lottery game. Yep. And uh, it's automatic. And then these numbers come up and these numbers represent uh, something. Oh, let's call it uh, Powerball. Mm -hmm. All right. Would you able to remote view like two numbers of the six in Powerball? Why not all six? I'm, you can oh. start small. I, okay. I want to see what Let's the see. answer is for just two. Because I'm lucky if I get one ever. I mean, <laughs> you, in, you in and me, brother. Period. Two isn't anything. Why, why waste his time? <laughs> it has there, no there value. Are, there are people that have done that uh, and have gotten viewers I've heard of who've done it better than chance for long periods of time, gotten the two out of the six several times in a row, mm -hmm. things like this. And then work their way up to three out of six or four out of six, right? Yeah, we we did attempt it once. We had a hundred objects representing up to a hundred, the number of hundred, and it was just too complicated. We had a really good viewer that I know here has done really good work, and we were going to do this and just ask her to select two of the objects out of you know each one represented zero to ninety nine, but it was too complicated and it didn't work, mm -hmm. but. People can create systems like this. And I think what Raven is saying is that's really what we are talking about is that everyone gets these intuitive hunches about picking up the phone and who's there and these things yes. about people, our lives. That's, that's what RV is, but you're refocusing it on something that is not directly related to you or your family or people, you know, but right. that's the essence of it. It's, it's more like, random. Like what? It's more random. It's, it's not like thinking of a friend. It's, it, it's, yeah, the thought process is more random. You're not thinking about everyday stuff in your life, or you know, a, a coworker, and all of a sudden that coworker texts. You're texts thinking you of Cancun. You're thinking of Cancun. So, so, it, yeah. all right. Is is a, a couple of questions? Is is this something? An ability. Everyone has it, but do some people have it more than others, or is it something that if you can you hone? Can you hone this uh, talent? Well, it's like a satellite receiver that you have and you didn't know you had it. So the first thing is to turn it on and get to know the button, mm. how to tune it. And some people are really good at it, just like there's some people who are virtuosos musically. Interesting. Uh, some people are just naturally able to tune their receiver to anything that they want to get information about. It's not like a magic trick where you just say, okay, tell me who's going to win the Super Bowl yes. you know, next February. It, it's it's a slow signal. These sessions can take an hour or two. They take some real time, and it's got to be really worth it. And you different ways of setting it up, but it does beat the odds over and over again. Even when it was there was a congressional hearing in '95 to assess the RV program, yep. and they concluded they're getting more information than you would get from guessing. Right. And you get this over and over again. And if you do multiple sessions on the same target, you can often get very accurate results this way with, with any sort of future event. Now, you can even do that with future Earth events, but you have to keep in mind that you may be viewing something that has a lot of energy, but it's not directly in our reality. It could be in a parallel reality. And people who view the future sometimes end up describing parallel realities where things are happening, but not they won't happen to us not here. here right wow so there's some complexity to it but i have seen it with the arv technique with stocks and sporting events we've done that sort of thing and it's uncanny 
And I, I, you know, I imagine there are people that do use this on Wall Street or, or some, you know, in cool. some sort of betting environment. It's not what I would choose to use it for, but I'm sure there are people that do because it takes a lot of work to do this. This is it's not like free. It's a lot of focus sure. to do this. Yeah. Is is it generational? You know, is is, is this talent passed down? From father to son or mother to daughter, you ever see any indication of that? That's a good question. Um, I don't know the answer. Surprisingly, mm -hmm. is, uh, that is a really good question. I, I'm not sure. Um, it's not a DNA marker, then, is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't. That's, that's really mm. good. I've got to think about that. I mean, the Get people back to I've side. known did not come from a family of psychics. So, mm. <laughs> but see, how would they know? Was a really good self-trained psychic yep. who worked with the police. She exclusively would use it pretty much to work with law enforcement to find missing people. Yep. She had an 80% success rate. That's nuts. She never took credit for it. She always gave the credit to the police department. She was working with 80, about 80%, which is amazing. That's I mean, amazing. I mean, actually locating people alive or deceased. And Joe McMonagle did the same thing with Japanese police uh he found 18 14 out of 18 people or something like that down to the apartment number from his home in virginia Jeez. just by being shown their name and uh he could sort of hone in on the island like he was he told us once how he did it you know like he would come in from above and then kind of zoom in and eventually end up on the town and part of the town the street corner of the building apartment and they would go there and there the, the, the person would be or something like that so wow that's amazing. So, so it, 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 these are all self-trained people. Uh, Joe also, I, you know, he had several near-death experiences. Let me tell you something. The people that are good at this often have had brain injury or some sort of trauma. Wow. And that makes it, sense. Yeah, that does. Because, yeah, because yeah. It's a compensation for a loss. Yeah, of, uh, exactly. So, wow. so in other words, like sometimes they say, you know, if people go blind, their hearing becomes super hearing, you know, so it's, it's that kind of thing compensating. That's, that's, it, that's really kind of amazing. Now, let me just ask you this really while I'm thinking about it. Now, people say sometimes like in a um, <clears throat> near-death experience or we've talked to people who um, have, um, you know, who might have spells or whatever, um, you know, um, and they feel like they leave their body. You know, you hear that a lot. You know, I was at the top of the room looking down at myself. Now, you mentioned that this guy used, that's how he used to approach it. Is there any connection between that, that kind of feeling that these people feel they're out of their body, they're actually seeing themselves? I mean, is there any connection like that? Is that? Oh, yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a type of awareness, a non-physical type of awareness. I was just talking to someone about this uh, a couple of days ago, and uh, uh, someone who I met that was a doctor on a train, and she had described some people she knew had these experiences like that when they clinically died on the operating table, and somehow they they did they felt like their awareness never stopped. They felt like they were floating over the room. And this is coming from a doctor just last week. Okay. And the person thought that they were they could hear every conversation. And when they came back, they told people what had happened and people were really shocked. And you hear this again and again. Yes. Uh, That's like flatliners, right? Right. Yeah. Are you referring to the movie? The movie. Or is that what 
what happens in the movie is they remember what's happened to all the yeah so that's actually yeah. real <laughs> people i've heard that's surgeons, so that's wild oh, oh my I've god so many different surgeons talk, talk about this with their patients when their patients die on the operating table and they come back and they don't feel like they died during that time they were somewhere else or they were up in the room and sometimes they can describe things that were going on excuse me in other rooms in the building it's it's weird but i would say it is related i think what you and i call reality it's not the whole thing it's not the it's whole one yes. room in the house there's other rooms in the house yes and you probably navigate these when you're sleeping at night, but you don't remember when you wake up. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a type of dream viewing too. Dale Graff from DIA invented it where you just do it while you're sleeping because he thought it's easier to do this when you're asleep than when you're awake. might be true. Mm. But these- I wonder I think what we can do if we're dead. dead. What's that? I wonder what we can do if we're dead. <laughs> do you think when we're dead, that's it? How will we know? Well, it doesn't seem that way now. It doesn't seem that you actually really die. That's my right. I mean, from all, it doesn't seem that that's a final thing at all. It's just another transition, and because you have too many people come back who've been dead for on the operating table for an extended period of time. Right. Uh, there was Eben Alexander. What, he wrote this book. What was it? Something voice. Something from heaven. This Harvard doctor. I heard him lecture once. He he got a brain infection when he was younger and he was out for a week or something while they, they cooled him down and stuff. So he didn't die. And he said they, they he actually slowed him down where nothing was happening, but he said the whole time he was going places, doing things. He had continuous memories and he wrote a book about it when he uh, came back. So I think the evidence suggests that it's not final. Right. That's basically yeah. what I know. Yeah. From yeah, like uh, Einstein said, you know, someone asked Einstein that in like the last year of his life. And he says, I can't believe that all this happens for us just to go away when we die. You know, so I agree with you. Now, we're talking to Dr. Simeon Hine. He's out in Colorado. You look like you're uh, where are you right now? Are you at a college or something? Uh, I'm at a shared working space here in Boulder. Mm -hmm. OK, so, so it, in, in do you teach? Are you a teacher? Is that the angle here? Well, I do teach RV. We have a class going on right now, and I used to do it up on Pearl Street here in, in a building, and people would come in for three days and we'd do the training. Mm -hmm. But since COVID, I've just been doing it over Zoom like we're talking right now. Right, right. It's not quite the same thing. I kind of like people to, you know, really meet each other and be able to work in small groups and things. Sure. Can't quite as easily, but, but we can do something. And we, you know, so yeah, I, I do teach. I have taught it universities but this is my own institute that i teach at yeah mm -hmm. so so um just before we go on to another topic here so would you be willing to come back and we'll split it with you come back sometime in january and try to predict the super bowl <laughs> i don't know let me think about it i mean i don't like doing those sorts for of things. entertainment purposes only we'll give the money to charity yeah yeah well let me think about it i'll see you know i always have people who want to do this type of thing so we could uh I can see if we can get some interested people together. Like, it's not that hard to do. Oh, uh, it's not that hard to do. <laughs> it's a matter of ethics. It's, That's the thing. What? I feel yeah. like right. the team with the helmets are going to win. <laughs> if I if I am seeing this correctly. Okay. All right. So you're the first person that said that that hasn't said 
Well, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, the, the, the psychic it's world does not work in the betting world. They there's no, never. No, no, it does. It's just if you feel that's a good use of your time. Um, oh boy! <laughs> like Greg Kalaja did. So he does this over ten years, five thousand little S and P viewings. He had his own little viewing system with a sheet. He gave us these sheets, little drawings, and then you look at the picture, which corresponds to up or down. There's an up target and a down target. Mm -hmm. Which one are you going to show yourself on Friday? And you start viewing it now. You're getting the feedback from future. No, he said he made about a hundred, I don't know, seventy thousand dollars over ten years. But he thought, you know, that's not a lot of money over ten years. He thought he could make a lot more money doing other things. So he didn't think it was worth his time to do that because it takes time to do it. You're, it's not like it's free, right? The, right. You get the information, but it takes, uh, you know, with a group of people, you got to organize them and you got to have controls and mm -hmm. all these things. But if you do set it up. From what I've seen, it can it can work repeatedly. Uh, the Russell Targs he had us Delphi Associates. They they did this for okay, so they did this for an investor in Stanford, mm -hmm. and they made I don't know like twenty thousand dollars for this guy doing this sort of thing. And they were doing it once a week. And then he came in in his gold chains and his sports car. These were graduate students who weren't getting paid. And he came and said, "Guys, it's working so well. Can we do it twice a week?" Mm -hmm. And it never worked again. It never worked again. Interesting. It didn't yeah. stop working. It stopped working. It stopped working. Wow. Oh, I because love they, it. they, you had these grad, starving grad students working for free for this millionaire. Hmm. Wow. Club, you must have a question or two. Well, yeah. When I look at it, you know, I, I'm into a reincarnation. So when you talk about, you know, uh, life continues. How, do you tie any of this into reincarnation in any way? All part of the yeah. big thing? Well, so the whole thing is we have to watch our language and our definitions. We've all inherited a lot of paranormal baggage where we uh, use these words. So reincarnation suggests that you kind of go somewhere when you pass on and then come back. And... I think that's true, but I look at it a little more in a modern way from a multiverse point of view, from the view of quantum mechanics. And what I think is that these all all going on at the same time, it's not that you leave and then come back. I think you're, these other lives that you have are actually happening now. Interesting, yes. And okay. it seems like this whole... If our view works the way I think it works, based on my experience and other people's experience who've done it, time is not what we thought it was. It's not this linear line. Mm -hmm. Things would have to be going on right now, or you wouldn't, because we call it the future, but if it was in the future, you wouldn't be able to view it. So it'd be like parallel universes. Is that what you're saying? Like parallel universe? Yeah, I, that's what, that's how I look at it. Right. And there was a there was a there was a physicist at Princeton in the fifties, whoever the third, who thought that was the simplest interpretation of quantum mechanics, mm -hmm. is that there's multiple states for any system, but they're all happening simultaneously, right. and that would be what we would call parallel realities. I mean, Star Trek really liked that idea. They turned it into all a bunch whole bunch of episodes, but it really was proposed as a serious principle in the fifties. Back then, they laughed it off and they thought, "Oh, come on." But now people are seriously looking at that. I mean, sure. hey, we've got all this the UAPs. It's hitting the big time. Uh, and people are wondering, well, where are these objects actually coming from? And parallel realities is one aspect. I think it makes sense in terms of RV. 
I think you guys are interested in who's going to win the Super Bowl next year. I think the game's being played right now, and it's already been decided. (laughs) Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's a good concept. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's how I look at it. That's how I look at it as a viewer. Sounds like Patriots in Green Bay. Maybe. I'm not giving any hints. Okay. Listen. (laughs) So so this is fascinating. What I'd like to do, if you can hang around, I'd like to take a quick break now, and we'll be right back. The whole gang is here. We're talking to Dr. Simeon Hine who is uh, into remote viewing, but a whole bunch of other things. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed. The Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO Trail in South America, Hong's Hat, and the very mysterious M Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, state by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe, with a forward by the very famous Juan Juan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com. Back everyone to Mac Maloney's Millitrax Live Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we have for you tonight. Our ongoing show. Uh, let me very quickly introduce the members of the Posse Girls. The very famous one one is here. Hello, girls. Hello, Mac. This has been a fascinating show. So yeah, it really has. Um, it's awesome. No Coco, no Switchy tonight, but I'll tell you, they'd both really love this, especially Switch, who is into remote viewing a lot. Uh, also, our security chief, Willie Glove, is here. Hi, Mac. Hi, gang. Yeah, very informative tonight. I yeah. tell you, every time I'm on the show, I always come away with a lot of new information. Really? Yep. I worry sh- about information overload, in fact. Our sh- <laughs> okay, all right. That's a new one on us. But anyway, our southern correspondent down there south of the Mason-Dixon line, but still alive, is uh, Jocko Johnson. Jocko, how are you doing tonight? Hello, Jocko. He's thinking about it. Wow, he's thinking about it. There he is. Wow. Man, you see him move? Okay, so also our uh, favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York, Raven. How are you doing tonight, Raven? Hey, my friends. I'm doing so good. Thanks okay. for having me. Now, you have a hat on. Is it uh, no bun night, no bun, no fun, or what's going on? Bun. No, there's no bun up here. No it's bun. just a hat. It's, it's you know, two degrees here, so okay. I got to keep warm. Um, <laughs> is it really now it's like 30 okay but it did <laughs> snow here today oh wow well, don't say that word so uh, upstate raven is actually doing a remote from uh 
good friends at the um, American Legion Post, 82 in Endicott, New York. Okay, we've adopted them. They've adopted us. They were nice enough to invite us into the uh, post tonight where they have a bar, a bingo hall, a pool hall, and a fitness center. Okay, I got a feeling the twain really meets. Uh, our um, guest tonight is Dr. Simeon Hine, who has uh, just fascinated us in the previous segment about remote viewing. And I just want to just talk a little bit more about remote viewing for a second. Doctor, thank you for being with us. We appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we, I think we, 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 we talked earlier, and I think everyone kind of agrees that everyone has these little bursts of ESP. Like Raven was saying, mm-hmm. you, you think of someone and the phone rings and it's them. You, th- yeah. you, you haven't seen them for a long time. They're at your front door, whatever. It's, so that really gives credence to the fact that everyone has a little bit of this, okay? Um, and we talked about that that if you if you you know if you study it, if you practice it, you can get better at it, right? Yeah. Okay. So why doesn't I mean why isn't this the biggest story in the world? Why why isn't everyone into this? You know what I mean? Why why doesn't why don't more people know about it? Because it seems like it's just a fantastic thing that we know works. The answer to the question is we're all as psychic as we need to be. As I mentioned before, some people that become really psychic do so after an accident, mm. like falling mm. from a ladder yeah. or getting hit by a bullet yeah. <laughs> in the head. No, right. I've heard yeah. of in the head. You okay. know, yes. Everybody is already using, you're already using this. That's what I realized. You're using this to make decisions every time you make a decision. And when you encounter people you don't know very well, business situations, personal situations, you have to use a whole range of sensory data from your you know, senses, your gut feeling, you know, that feeling of gut feeling sure. about someone. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We all use it every day. Every time we encounter anything that's slightly unknown, we have to rely on all these subtle spidey senses. Mm-hmm. And spidey senses. so we're already using it to begin with. As I've mentioned, to actually use it in RV, you actually have to go into a room like this, where I'm in, close the doors, have someone set up the target. This is a time-consuming thing. So not everyone is doing this because, first of all, it's not 100% accurate. It's not like this magic trick where it's just like mind reading. I'm going to get every time. You're going to get more than you would if you were guessing. Mm-hmm. But to use that in a practical way, you're already using it pretty practically when you rely on gut feeling and intuition. And I think all the studies I've read, many of them show that people that rely on their gut tuition, gut feelings, intuitions make better decisions. Uh, sometimes I've had people who've taken the class generally say things like, you know, I had this feeling to go another route to work and there was a traffic jam there and I didn't know about it but it was the right decision right. and things like that. People have told me their businesses took off after taking this, not because they sat down with written paper and do it. They just started trusting this other signal Instinct. that is very quick. It's sort of faint and it gives you a little, you know, I think the military calls it situational awareness. Yes, sure. That's what we're talking about here is it teaches you to pay attention to that, uh, that type of awareness without having to logically justify why you're getting that feeling. I know several people, I've had it happen to myself driving, where you had a flash of something in your mind and about 30 seconds later, it materialized on the road and there was no way you would have seen it from where you were back there. You just 
got that feeling to pay attention, slow down. I had it once going into Seattle through one of those tunnels going west from the mainland in Washington mm-hmm. state. And I was going to do a kind of talk about this. I got the feeling to just turn off the radio, slow down, pay attention. And about 30 seconds later, the car in front of me lost control, hit the wall in the tunnel. I saw them trying to break, but the car was fishtailing. And the next thing I knew, and there was a truck behind me, 18 wheeler. Well, I don't know how I got to the other side. The next thing you know, I'm on the other side of this car and I, I wasn't hurt. Wow. And I called the state highway patrol later to find out what, what had happened. And uh, so that voice, whatever that voice was that told me to turn off the radio, pay attention, slow down. That's what we're talking about here. Right. And that to me is the best use of it is when those things happen in your life. I know other people who've had this in automobile situations where they yeah. went through a red light all of a sudden only to find out if they hadn't gone through the red light, they would have been hit by a truck that lost its brakes, things like that. Right. So, or, or they said, let, we let, I let God take the wheel. I let Jesus take the wheel. I think there's a country wow. song about that. Does he have a license? Yeah, well, however you think it works, <laughs> it, it's learning to pay attention to that in moments when it really matters. So I would say, that, it's kind of, Mac, it's kind of a long answer to your question. I think we're already uh, using it. I've heard enough testament for people in law enforcement where they just uh, um, they did something without any logical justification and it saved their life because there was a bad guy on the other side with a gun waiting and they didn't mm-hmm. go around the corner just because they had a feeling right. stuff like that right and that's how you use it the only difference is when we do it you're training it and you're you know, deliberately putting yourself in the most difficult situation, no feedback, no mm-hmm. advanced knowledge, and you're really tuning into it. So when you're in daily life situations, you're going to make better quality decisions. That's how I see it. Okay. Some so- people think it's a guardian angel or some entity mm-hmm. uh, from a religious nature that is uh, providing some of this uh, mental capacity to do some of these things. Well, that's like it would be what a convenient... Take on that, the religious aspect of it. A convenient description of what might be happening, you know. So, uh, I mean... I'll ask you this question first. Do you see any kind of, is there any religious aspect to this at all, Doctor? Spiritual? Uh, you know, to answer Juan's question, it's, uh, yeah, if you want, however you want to believe it works, it's fine. There's, I'm not going to yeah. say my way is the way it works. I understand it. it. It could be, you know, parallel realities, other versions of yourself sending. I don't, I don't know exactly how it works. Yeah, we don't know. People Who cares to, about defining you know, it just so long as it works? Y- yes. You know, since most scientists are atheists, you know, they don't believe in God. They uh, probably would not believe in guardian angels or things of that sort. But it doesn't really matter what you believe. It still works. And I think, right. you know, coming from a scientific background, I look at the quantum field. I look at how things are entangled, how everything's connected, which is what quantum mechanics tells us. Right. We're more connected than we're conscious of. And it, the, the main thing is that what's in your conscious mind is not all that's there. There's more that you're aware of more than you're aware of. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> that's Perfect. the only way I can say. Now, you me- know more. And when you learn to trust that, I think people in dangerous situations, people have to make quick decisions, already tune into that. And uh, and this is just learning to pay attention to that signal versus the one we were taught about in school, the logical linear thinking mind, sure. which is a lot, uh, it's not always as accurate. Paying it's attention. Just not gonna, it's useful sometimes, but other situations you have to rely 
on wherever those gut feelings come. And, you know, it could be from the gut or wherever you get your sort of intuition from. Let me ask you this. Now, I'm going to, I've had uh, a number of like really, really incidents that have happened to me that there's no other way to explain them except something like this, ESP or whatever. And I'll give you an example. As you were just saying, I was driving along in the town here river, um, on Merrimack Street in Newbyport. And just in my head, I saw a car pull out in front of me. I saw the kind of car it was. It was a big black Lincoln Continental and a, and a guy driving it in a suit coat and tie, and his tie was askew, okay? His tie was, like, ruffled, all right? I went around the corner, and that exact thing happened. He pulled out in front of me. Now, whether I would hit him or not, I don't know, but I was just blown away about how accurate this little thing was. So my question is, is was it my geographical location that all of a sudden I'm getting, do you know what I mean? It, 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 does it make a difference where you are? It matters. The situation is what matters the most. The information is going to find a way to get to you mm-hmm. somehow. Yes. And it will, it's like lightning. It's going to find the, the least resisted, you know, the path of least resistance is going to hit the ground. And that information was meant to come to you somehow. That story you just related about the car and the guy in the suit. Mm-hmm. I've had that happen too while driving. Somehow you needed to get some information and it showed up and it bypassed your conscious mind. Mm-hmm. And it showed something from your immediate future. Mm-hmm. And that's the same. As, it's a very similar thing to RP in my view. See, it's, it, it lends credence to what you were saying earlier, that there is no future. There is no past. Everything is happening right now. And this idea that something right. happens in the future, the past, is really just like a construct that we – now, let me ask you yeah. a couple it's more It's a things. construct. It's the matrix. Yes. The matrix. It's a construct. Yeah, that, I, that's what I think. So, so – um, two things. Now, um, do you think this is yes, something? Yes, the Matrix. Do you think this is something that may? Yeah. Do you think that this is something that the ancients knew and we've forgotten? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think the ancients knew about it. I think we've forgotten a lot. We we assume we're the most modern beings around, you know, modern humans, but we might have forgotten a lot. And this is something, as you've said before, if you practice it, you get better at it. And other things happen to you. As I mentioned, it's a gateway to many other things. Many people that have gotten involved with this, even people that were studying Yuri Geller uh, in the early days started having weird experiences back at their home, seeing strange animals in their homes or little mm-hmm. UFOs flying around the living room. We don't know quite what this is, but it's like opening up an aperture and there's a bigger reality out there. And this is the first step to access that and there's other things there that's the way i i look at it so do, do you think it only happens to humans is there a chance that animals have it only because you say instinct i mean animals are basically ruled by their instinct yeah no no i think you know uh there have been studies of done of dogs and they show that they they get up from their sleeping spots before their owner comes home. Even if it's at random times, they seem to know that their owner is on their way home. Who was Rupert Sheldrake who did these studies. I mean, I believe in that sort of thing. Again, I think this is the way the universe works. It's the way we were brought up in school, which is that the teacher always would say to you after you had your answer, how did you you come up with that answer? Sure. In RV, you don't know. And this is why... It's not part of school. You don't know how you came up with it. It's, 
you know, precognitive. You don't know how you came up with the answer. You can't say, well, I multiply two by two. Sure. You don't know how you got it. So kids already have this. This is something that is drilled out of us by the school system. Yes. Because it's very left brain oriented. So all these phenomena that you're interested in on the show that I'm interested in, that you're, this all gets pushed away and we end up with this very limited reality that doesn't explain any of these phenomena despite all the data. Mm-hmm. We end up in this bind where we're in right now as a society where it's coming out, at least from the Navy pilots and many more that come forward that we haven't heard from that these things are real. Yep. And we don't have the slightest idea how to talk about it because we have never even taken the first step because we were told it wasn't real. These things are just paranormal. Sure. So my view is the paranormal is science you don't understand yet. And it's the opposite of the way we were t- you know, taught in school, which is to have to justify your answer. If you do that during RV, it won't work. You just let the information out and worry at the end where you look at it and try to piece it together. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. It feels weird because you and all of us went to the school system where it's like A to B to C, very linear, right? Yes, yes. Linear, logical, rational. That's not RV. It's not linear. It's not logical. It just, the information gets to you like in these cases we've talked about with auto uh, incidents. And, you know, it, it, the idea is that it could save your life if you learn to pay attention to it when it matters and worry later why it works. Yes, right, right, but right. Take the action you need to take at the moment you're going to take it. Now, we don't want to push this too far because there are people that are always slightly imbalanced that would probably do things that they shouldn't do if they were just following their impulse. Mm-hmm. But for most of the population, learning to follow that a little uh, tune into that would probably be beneficial. And that, and going back to your question, that's how people use it every day anyway. So that's, I think people are as psychic as they need to be. They don't need to come and take my class. That's for people that want, who think they could benefit from tuning it in a little more. That's not everybody, but some people. Right, sure. But taking a class would be like a, a, a guide. You, you could guide the individual. You don't have to teach them, you know, first step, do this, second step, do that. It's, yeah, it's uh, a guide, and I even have it online. People can take it at their own pace. I call it virtual viewing. My, my site is virtualviewing.org. It's like a pre-recorded class. People go through it. You can do it at your own pace. Mm-hmm. And people tell me it's helped them, or I wouldn't be involved with this, that they get something out of this. And I have seen it so many times. And again, all these other things that you're interested, it's all related. I think ultimately we're going to find that we're all dealing scientifically with the same phenomena, whether you call it RV or crop circles or UFOs. There's just other levels of reality that are happening around us. And we've done a very good job of tuning it out Mm -hmm. through our education, through our viewpoint. I don't know exactly why, but those of us in Western civilization have done a very good job of tuning all these things out. We've called it witchcraft. We've called it people were burned at the stake for this. Guys, yes. Think about it. I mean, how many right. women were condemned as witches in the Middle Ages? A couple million, nine million. I think the estimate was women were killed because of accused of being witches. So there's a reason we don't do this is because you would have gotten killed for doing this in the past. But we don't live in that society anymore. We can do this. We can explore. And it's a type of basic principle that information is flowing around energy and it's not coming through a wire. And that's what Nikola Tesla said. This isn't really new. Notice how we don't pay much attention to that guy either, but he invented fluorescent lights and AC power. I mean, where did he go in history? He invented right. half of the stuff around us. And a lot of other different exactly. things. You know, uh, a lot of other different things. Yeah. 
there's a story that that um, Tesla at one point actually levitated himself, and and he did it in front of people, you know, like kind of uh, celebrities back then, you know, maybe Arthur Conan Doyle or someone like that. So he, it seems like Tesla knew stuff that we didn't know. You know, he was tuned into. See, I I, I agree with you. We talk about this all the time. We we talk all the time about hey maybe ghosts and UFOs and the Loch Ness monster and ESP it's all part of one thing the, the the unified field theory of the paranormal let's say it's all part of one thing we just don't know that one thing right we haven't been allowed to talk about that one thing I mean we've really been conditioned to keep you know to be bit players in this system and not to push it too hard mm-hmm. and, and we, you know there's a lot there's a lot that people have to face to challenge the paradigm that we're in. I mean, you just look at what these military pilots have been saying about their hesitancy to report the Nimitz UAPs, the Roosevelt 2015. But I found that in so many different types of witnesses, even Bigfoot witnesses, there's a reluctance to, to present yourself in a way that makes it seem like you're weird to your neighbors, colleagues, and employers. Yeah, the cool and there's a fear of being rejected by society. Right. It's a basic thing, I guess, mammals have of being rejected from the pack. Yes. But it's it gone too far so that we've all this data building up, hundreds of years of data that we're just starting to process now. It was a real shock to see the, 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 what the director of national intelligence, DNI, Afril Haynes, say a couple this week that she just started saying that we're encountering objects we don't know how they we don't know how they work something to that effect mm-hmm. i mean right there in in washington dc it's finally coming out that we're just admitting there are things we don't understand we that's all that's the, see that was and a big step as you're saying mac it probably comes down to these fundamental principles that tesla was working with really tapping into these high levels of energy that make the universe work and uh and basically losing the fear of exploring these topics and being accused of being a weirdo yes because you're interested again bevy yeagers never took credit for those cases when she worked with the police right she let them take the credit for it because they don't want to say well we're using psychics but there are other ways of doing things and you know we need to do this energy all there's so many different aspects of this uh, that matter to us, and we'd have to remove that fear of being ostracized or ridiculed for being in, involved in any aspect of this. Right. Just a couple more questions, and then we're going to uh, wrap up the segment. Let me ask this: Do you think that the fact that you know, um, as you see, it's kind of like the ridicule factor? You know, if you if you speak about things, if you're a pilot and you see UFOs in the military, and also airline pilots, they're very reluctant to talk about yeah. it because of that reason. Do you think that's the way it's supposed to be? Do you think that this that there's a reason why this is something that is kind of quote unquote fringe? Because what would the world be like if everyone was just tapping into ESP all the time? Would we would we, would we get anything done? That's a very good question. Uh, the, there has to be some sort of balance. If you push the meter too far, people would be too sensitive. That sort of the relationship we have with our environment. If, if we're too sensitive, we couldn't get anything done because mm-hmm. things are coming in. So we have to be selective. I mean, we're all, we all live in this world that we're in and we have to be practical and focused to do the things we do every day. Uh, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other things going on. And I think that 
the first place to start is in science to remove the hostility. Sure. We don't want everyone just to be a super psychic because nothing exactly right. Nothing would get done. You right. can't just sit here and get have the signals coming in. Yes. But we can remove the stigma so that scientists can be studying it, people that have had these experiences. We need to t- have a way of talking about this without the fear we've had. Otherwise, we end up with this 70-year UFO cover-up. Mm-hmm. And pilots, people don't talk about it. They get threatened by whomever this is in the government, no doubt about it. And we just go on for decades without making scientific progress. And if we keep going down that route, if we push the needle too far the other way, we're like, no one talk about these things. We gotta be practical, modern people. Then our foreign adversaries will make much more technological progress on this than we will. And we'll have a Sputnik moment because they weren't afraid to explore it with their scientists. Right. So it's a great question, Mac. There's just gotta be a balance, I think. It, 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 for, in our lives, it's been too far in the other direction. I spoke, I grew up in Westchester, New York, near the Hudson Valley. Oofa. I've spoken to so many people recently. <laughs> Is that where you're from, Raven? Are you in that area? Yes, yes. Same here. Yeah. Was, I, yeah, I'm from downstate originally. <laughs> downstate, yeah. So many people saw the Hudson Valley UFO. I spoke to my wrestling coach saw it with the wrestling team coming out of Maranek High School in 1979. They didn't talk about it back then. It was too frightening, this big black triangle hovering over the high school. But I found out about it a couple of years ago, 40 years later. 40 years later, these are my friends in high school, but they didn't talk about it. So you've got to wonder if you go on too long without letting these stories out and people talk about it, does it kind of hinder our sense of progress that we, you know, being people that are open to new information? Yes. And that's where we've been for too long since the World War II. Right. Is too much hostility towards any of this subtle energy science, whatever you want to call it. Uh, The danger is we'll lose our economic productivity to other countries that aren't afraid to tap into free energy, new ways of, Yep. You know, the transportation, you, you know, you know what I'm saying? The money. So, so before we wrap this up re- real quick, I'm going to ask you one more question. And I want you to tell everyone about your latest book and so on. Yeah. Okay. Do you see in our lifetime, anything changing? Yeah. I mean, this ET issue is coming straight at us. There <laughs> is no way to avoid it now. Uh, it is there. Yep. And we know that the government has incontrovertible proof of these objects moving in and out of our atmosphere, coming up out of the ocean. Do you think they know what they are? We're not the only ones here. Okay, this is what's coming at us. I don't know if it's next year or the year after, but we're all going to be dealing with this issue one way or another. We're not the only ones here. There are other intelligent beings here. I don't know if they're from under the ocean or from other dimensions or coming. They're here. Right. And you're going to see this coming up again and again. And eventually, whoever the president is going to be talking about it. We pushed it away for so long. Right. So, so you can't deny, and as you were saying, Mac, pilots don't talk about it. They don't want the psych evaluation. I know pilots have seen these things. It's yes. They see them all the time. Sure. They don't want their job to go away. It's a job. You're right. Exactly. And you get penalized for talking Discharged. about it. You really saw something. You felt the heat through the windshield. The other passengers might have seen, you know, we shouldn't be so afraid. We're, we've been living in this fear of this phenomena, and we got to get over the fear and find out. Who, it, who are these other folks here? Who are they? What are they doing? We need to find this out and connect the dots, and maybe they can help us figure some of the rest of this so, out. But there's someone else here, ETs, if that's what you want to call them. Maybe that's what they are, but I don't know for certain, but they're here. Okay, you yes and no. They're objects all the time, and uh, 
You're seeing it in the news more and more frequently. It came up. Congress is looking into it. And, okay. Uh, that's what's coming at us. They'll do a good job. Yes or no question, okay? Do you think the U.S. government knows what these things are? They have evidence that they exist, but do you think they know the origin of what we call UFOs? Not completely. Okay. All right. They have a good idea, but they don't know, really. They don't know any I mean, I don't think they know any more than we do. And the fact that they admit it— They know something. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean they know the whole story. Sure. But they have the data. That's what the thing is. Right. The sensor systems are too good now in satellites and these right. yeah, uh, so. the military systems. They pick these things up all the time. It's just uh, whether anyone has the guts to talk about it. I mean, as we've been told, it's not career enhancing to be involved with this topic. Right. But I predict it's going to flip. You wanted a prediction. That's my prediction. Okay. It's going to go from something that wasn't career enhancing. All of a sudden, it's going to be like the in thing. The big thing, yes. That Languages, I can see. technology, religion, you name it. It has implications for everything. Just like 500 years ago when we found out we weren't the center of the universe, there was a time people thought Earth was it. That's it. Yep. Nothing's yeah, happening on right. Earth. We're it. And all of a sudden, there's, oh, there's other planets. We're going around the sun. We're in a solar system and a galaxy, you know. Yes. So that's the type of change that's coming at us over the next decade. The same thing that happened during the time of Copernicus, where we realized we weren't the center of everything. <laughs> what a shock. But hey, it's going to be fascinating. I can't, you know, I can't it's wait. already really getting really interesting now, but we're all going to be challenged by that. I hope everyone that. is going to be challenged by this. I hope it happens soon. So listen, we're going to have to leave other topics to another show, but tell people what's your latest sure. book and where can they see you? Where can they get a hold of you and so on? Well, you can go to YouTube. I have a, a YouTube channel. I'm always posting videos there several times a month you know, on these topics. When I get some ideas, I have my website, New Crystal Mind. You can go to uh, openingminds.info to look at my book about some of these topics, Opening Minds. My most recent book was Black Swan Ghosts about UFO witnesses. A lot of them that I encountered. Since remote viewing, I encountered some back in that RV class from NASA. Uh, at the Farsight Institute, and I started meeting more of these very credible people who had good stories to tell. So yes. Black Swan Ghosts, uh, you can read that to, to read my latest book. But go check out my YouTube channel and, of course, visit you know any of my websites, New Crystal Mind, Opening Mind Study. Google Simeon Hine. Hey, listen, I feel like I've uh, done a semester in college just in the past you know, hour and a half. Thank you very much. We usually aren't at this intellectual level on the show. Maybe we should you know strive for that. But this has been very informative. It has been really be great. Careful how intellectual we get. Yeah, that's show. true. You know, we could throw us off our track. Let's really give let's give the doctor a round of applause, please. Oh, thanks, okay. We'll, we'll sweeten good. it up and post. And we'll come back and talk about crop circles. In the yes, I believe in crop circles. By the way, Mac, I don't. Fascinating topic, and it's, it's a, we made some important discoveries with that. Hey, listen, Doctor Simeon Hine, thanks very much for joining us, and we hope to see you soon. Thank you. Okay, why don't we uh, take a uh, break now? And you're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exiles show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Thank you to Dr. Simeon Hine for joining us. And we'll be right back after this. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54? 54? How about Tonopah Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is 
heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe. The haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon. Back everyone to Mac Maloney's Militracks Our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. Well, what a show we've been involved in tonight. I, I feel bad that Switchy and Coco weren't here because it's been so educational. Anyway, uh, who is here? Girls, the very famous Wawan is here. Hello, girls. Hello, everybody. And all ships at sea, welcome back to the Mac Maloney show. Been it's crazy. been a good time tonight so far. Crazy. Really, really just a different kind of show. It's, yeah. Uh, also uh, with us, our security chief, Willie Club, is here. Willie. Hi, Mac. Hi, folks. Yeah, I got to agree. It's uh, been a different night tonight, I'll tell you. Yep. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. been yeah. awesome. Um, also with us is our uh, favorite good witch up there in Sideways, New York. Raven is with us. She doesn't have her cans on, so she probably can't hear us. But she knows. She has ESP. She knows we are talking about her. Uh, in the studio, making a rare appearance in the studio with us is Lois Lane is here. Hi, everybody. Mm -hmm. Lois was in the other room doing her homework. I was getting Hi, a lot Lois. of work done. I right? bet she yeah. was. Yep. <laughs> Senior year in high school is always tough. <laughs> oh. Lady in red. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Also. I was, I was wearing red. Um, still. Draco Johnson is with us uh, having some technical difficulties because he's down south. Draco, are you with us? Hey, Macaroni. Okay. I'm here. Okay. I think I had uh, the uh, the phone company came and rearranged some wires here trying to give me an upgrade. And uh, okay. When the guy comes to fix it, slap him around, okay? Yeah, nope. I don't think they did so good. I'm going to have to get them back. What a surprise. Here. Also, uh, tonight, uh, Raven is doing a remote uh, for us from uh, the um, American Legion Post 82 in Endicott, New York. And we have on uh, with us uh, Mike Coleman, the Post Commander. Mike, thanks for rejoining us. My pleasure. Okay, now you just ran the bingo game. Do you? you we should. We should uh, tell people that you're in a building. The post is actually three floors. There's a pool hall there. There's a bar. There's a bingo parlor, and for some reason, there's a fitness center. But do you run the bingo yourself? Do you call out the numbers? We have a staff of about five people that have to work bingo. Mac, uh, we have a ball person that pulls the balls mm -hmm. and they hand it to the caller, and the caller will call out the number and. And the people will mark their uh, cards accordingly. Yes. Okay. And then once they get a bingo, they will yell out bingo. We have runners that will go and call the numbers back to the caller to verify that they do have the numbers marked. Right. Now, did you say off here that someone just hit it for 450 bucks? The first game tonight was the jackpot. It was $450. Nice. Wow. If you hit it within 15 numbers, and they mm. did mm. for $450. 
Man. That makes a nice payday for a Tuesday night. I'll say. Sure hey, we should have had that that Dr. Simeon Hine who was into ESP, man. We should have got him on the bingo. Should have got him a bingo card. Let's see what happens. He, he's the first guy. He's the first person, the first guest we've ever had on this show in the five to six years we've been doing it, who says that you can actually use psychic power to uh, to gamble. Make some money. Yes. Oh. Okay. Hey, Mike, can I ask you a question on bingo? Sure. I, I always wondered, you know how people are hacking everything. Do you ever get people in there that falsify things or they come in with a different card? Or have you ever caught anybody you know, cheating? I just get a feeling that. <laughs> That's why he's our security chief. We never had any problem like that. I'm, I'm sure there are kinds of people, you know how they are. They, like, yeah. they you know all the angles. But at one time, we actually had, they had bingo inspectors. And they would really? come really? and walk around, the, yeah, walk around the hall, and they would check cards. And, and uh, they were here every time we had bingo. Uh, <laughs> but with the cost, it, it just, they, they just give up on having, uh, they got rid of the bingo. Right. So people Bingo could inspector. be. Uh, so now it's. Yeah. So people could be in there taking you guys to something, and you wouldn't know it. That's correct. Yeah. If they were, we wouldn't. We wouldn't know it. No. Yeah, that's you good. need some security. Probably what Larry, oh, lonely Larry's well, you doing. You come on down. You come on down and set it up for us. Oh <laughs> yeah. Hey Mac. Okay. Two, hey, Mac okay. <laughs> yes. Mac. Two quick things. Yes. This is why Willie Club Security Chief. Yes. And number two. The psychics have been uh, holding out on us all this time. I know it's amazing. It's ama I'm so glad it's to hear good. that it's not good when you hold out. Not nice. It it, it it was good to hear that someone say though that this that, that psychic ability can be used for gambling. So right. I feel better tonight. Now listen, Mike. Let me ask you this. Now you're the post commander of uh, Post 82, American Legion Hall 82 in Endicott, New York. Um, I'm just going to throw a serious question to you. I, I don't think the veterans in this country are treated anywhere near the way they should be treated. Do you agree? It's absolutely correct. Okay. What's the you problem? You not say it any better. What's wrong? What's wrong? Why We should be honoring these people. Other countries honor their veterans, but for some reason not in this country. Why? I, I, if I had the answer, I would let you know. Hmm. Uh, for some reason, they, they take care of the other people that are against us, hmm. against our country yeah. and all that. And uh, they just don't. Okay. And I think it starts right in school, Mac. They don't. They don't teach them uh -oh. anything about history, about the wars, and what these guys went through mm -hmm. to keep our country what it is today. Right. Right. Uh, it's it, just. It's just amazing. I mean, you can't believe it. Right. I mean, you hear those war, those Vietnam guys that came back and got spit on, and 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 it's true. Mm -hmm. I mean. Uh, I, I, I just don't. I don't have an answer for you. I, I really don't. You know, we did a. Uh, we actually did a little segment on this a couple of years ago. We found out that veterans in in countries like, for instance, Australia, Canada, England, France, Germany, Russia, treat their veterans better than we do. Okay, I, I mean, mm -hmm. in Russia, at one time, if you were a, a, a veteran of World War II, you wore a special pin. Now. You have to live in Russia to appreciate this, but you know you would go to the front of the bread line. You know what I mean? You would go to the front of the milk store line. They they actually you know you had some comps, you know, because of what you did. And people don't. I, I don't know why. I, I mean, I, I maybe it's in the schools. Maybe you know the money is going to the wrong place. Whatever. But a lot of money goes into the Veterans Administration. It's like one of the largest you know uh, things that our tax money go into. But it just doesn't seem to help anybody. Lois's uh, 
father, we talk about him on the show a lot. He was the, he was 15 years old when he landed on Okinawa in World War II. He was the youngest mm-hmm. Marine to land on Okinawa. Wow. And at, I hate to say this, Lois, but at the end of his life, he was sure the veterans were going to take care of him, and they didn't. Luckily, he had other mm-hmm. means, you know. It's a disgrace. Right. And, and the money that they spend on the veterans, it's it's hundreds of billions of dollars. And when we had to deal with them, the people we dealt with, I mean, you know, we would send them Federal Express packages. They wouldn't accept them. We would call them, and they wouldn't let us talk to them. They wouldn't even let us know where their office was. That's a disgrace. Mm-hmm. That's a disgrace. And, and, and we talk about I, military I charities agree. all the time. Uh, we have a tra- uh, 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 people that we know here, uh, homes for our troops that build tr- um, houses for wounded veterans in Af- from Afghanistan and the Iraqi war. It's great what they do, homes for our troops, but they shouldn't be doing it. It's the moral responsibility of this country to help our veterans, and it doesn't right. happen. It doesn't happen. Somehow, I don't know how you change very, it. Very true. Yeah. Very true. I don't know how you change it. But when people say well, to— you know, Go ahead. I, 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 you mentioned about the red line there in Russia. I was reading an article the other day that our, how our military people that are live on base in these bases are going to food banks. Crazy. To, Stupid. For, for food, food for their families, to feed their families. Now, Mac, that, that, that shouldn't be happening. That's wrong. That's wrong. Not today or any other day. Well, I'll Commander, tell you. Commander, years ago, didn't they have, like, you know, back in the Civil War days, I remember in New York, we had a, there was an old place, and they said it used to be like the old sailors' home, and they had old mm. soldiers' homes, or if you had no family, they would take care of you. And these guys would have pretty decent lives for those times, you know, where they mm-hmm. were fed, they were clothed, they were given a warm bed and warm meals, clean beds, clothes. Why don't we do anything like that? You know, we just, no. they're all homeless, these guys. I know. It's, it's disgusting. Well, we have a, 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 a Oxford veterans' home up in Oxford, New York, and, uh, it's a marvelous place. It's uh, all veteran, all veterans, even their wives, if they want to come, can live there, and it's it, everything's provided. Mm-hmm. And that's the way it should be. That. That's the way that's it should be. It should be all over the country. Right. Absolutely, Absolutely. Pay for New York. Yeah, yeah. But, you know the, the, come on. the setup that they have, for instance, for the French Foreign Legion. Okay, the French Foreign Legion now, which. You know, up until recently, you couldn't be French if you were in the French Foreign Legion, right? You had to be from <laughs> right. somewhere else. But the way the they three take Stooges it, are in the French Foreign Legion, weren't they? <laughs> Thank you, Walmart. <laughs> but serious. But they put they the way that they treat um, retired French Foreign Legionnaires is unbelievable. I mean, they basically live in these kind of cool hotels in the south of France, and they take care of them until they die, and their families until they die. Okay, I don't understand. Maybe and now I'm on my soapbox here. Maybe it's because we spend so much money on the weaponry and the technology or whatever. But I know the Veterans Administration gets something like three hundred billion dollars a year, and then they get three hundred billion dollars the next year and the next year. And our good friend uh, Agent X, who is a, who retired a lieutenant colonel in the Army Army Counterintelligence, he told me once he went to a veterans hospital once. He had to get an arm brace, okay, for you know some kind of injury he had. He says, I walked in. There's 100 people waiting to see a doctor. They see he was lieutenant colonel. He said, you can go to the front of the line. He refused. He, he went yeah. on, and he bought an ace bandage. He says, it was a disgrace. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how you turn that around. I don't know how you turn it around. I, well, they keep saying it's getting better and they're trying to clean up all it's of not. that. Yeah, I mean, the, the last, services, I but, think the last Congress mm-hmm. and administration they have it where now you can go to a norm, you know, your own doctor and they'll pay him for that. Right. So you don't have to go through that what right. X went through. That was actually now, something, at least. That, that was actually something from the Obama oh. administration that well, started. Whatever it was, who cares? You know, yep. as long as yep. it got It done, has to be, saying, but, it, but that's like that's such a baby step. You know, that's such a baby step. That's what we got to do. Right. I agree. Yeah. Well, listen, and when people say thank you for your service, I mean, I didn't serve in the military. Everyone else here did, but I'm from a military family. My father was in World War II. My brother was in Vietnam. I have a number of uncles that, you know, fought in the war. Um, but just from the outside of looking in, it's it's not right. And I don't know how you turn that boat around because it's a big friggin' boat to, to try mm-hmm. to re-steer, you know? No, Mac. You go back to ancient Rome. They they took care of their soldiers after the war. They gave them plots of land, right, yes, yep. farm sites, and homes, and yep. You know, it, it just what happened. Along even the Germany, even Germany yeah, still pays. You know, soldiers who are in the German army in World War Two. I mean, wow, we so so. Listen, Mike. So so, um, can you tell us some stories about what happens there at the at the? <laughs> what is, is there any well, crazy what a question? The Legion. No, we don't have no crazy parties. We uh, we just had a, a Veterans Day uh, ceremony. We have a monument over here across from the UE High School that is uh, gorgeous. I, I call it the best monument in New York State mm-hmm. uh, for all of our veterans. It's got uh, pictures of the and and then we went and got plaques for everyone that died from Broome County mm-hmm. in all the wars, and they have a separate little plaque on each one of them, and it's called the Wall of Heroes, and it's to me it's the best. Uh, monument in the whole state and then after we had the ceremony we had a gigantic parade for the first parade in two years we've been able to have because of the pandemic mm-hmm. and people came out and it was a, a thrill to see that they they do the people do honor the, the people do they, but they the do government doesn't do yes i mean it, the, and, the the powers that be don't that's the problem i mean every right. person in this country you know just about you know at least whether whether what political side you take they got to appreciate what veterans do because We'd be doing none of this if it wasn't for them. It's it's well, it's there's the no, there's no veterans in Congress. There's only about two or three guys in right? Congress that were veterans. Interesting. I mean, you got to you got to start somewhere where you get somebody with some pull yep. to get some action going. You know, yep. Mac. There seems to be a and lot I'm not, more not, I'm not that person to start with. Yeah, she was. Well, you know, hopefully it will it will get better. Uh, listen, we want to thank you, Mike. Thanks you, uh, thank to you for inviting us into the post. We should all take a road trip and go up there someday. <laughs> I would enjoy that. We'll get the we'll Winnebago out. We'll, we'll have our own little party. How's that? Mm, okay. All right. Sounds good. Hey, listen, night bring, up, bring all night. that beer you brought down that last hey, night. I'll, I'll do the cooking, all right? Tuesday night. Hey, why not? Yeah. Yes. Hey, Mike, yes. uh, what's bingo night? Just Tuesday? Tuesday is bingo. Yes. Tuesday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to cook once a month for all the FOP guys. We have like 200 guys. We made Italian meals and stuff. And oh, that sounds go, good. They go crazy. So. Yeah. I got a feeling yeah. Draco's a really good cook. Yeah. Well, so, if you're ever in the area, Raven knows where to take you right over here. Okay. All right. Okay. Now I know her nickname. I didn't know it was Raven. I'll call her that now. That's okay. Good. <laughs> let's give Mike a hand. Come on. Let's and give you Mike guys. A hand. It was a pleasure being on this. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Mike. It's a pleasure having you. It's an honor and a pleasure. Really. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. We'll talk to you soon, okay? We'll really talk to you soon. Why don't we take a quick break now, a very quick break now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exhaust Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay with us. Hey, fans. Lois Lane here, and I think it's time for you to get some free swag from Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show. 
We have badges, pins, bar coasters, and some very cool 3D show logos that we just can't wait to give away. Just go to MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button. Send us an email with your mailing address and we'll ship the free swag out to you quicker than Switch can eat breakfast. That's MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button to get your free swag today. Requests for tasteful news of one one will be handled on a case-by-case basis. Back and we went to Mac Maloney's Military X Files show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. What a show we've had tonight! Very quickly, I mean, we're going to uh, be wrapping it up. But girls, Juan Juan is here. The very famous Juan Juan is here. It was a great show. I enjoyed every minute of it. Willie Club is here, our security here. chief. Willie Club. Hi, Mac. A lot going on tonight. I'll yeah, tell sure you. is. Jocko Johnson is with us. Jocko having technical problems. Jocko, great you know, show, Mac. Yeah. What I heard was great, and I'm happy to be here. The lo- very lovely Lois Lane is in the house with us. Lois. Hi, everybody. It's been very interesting. And our favorite good, good witch up there in Sideways, New York, Raven, is with us. Raven. <laughs> Hello, my friends. Thanks for having me. Hey, Raven, we want to thank you tonight for doing the remote from um, American Legion Post 82 in Ennecott, New York. Um, what's it been like there? I mean, what's going on? We know that there's a pool hall there. We know there's a bingo parlor there and a bar. Is it swinging there? Yeah, okay. It's bustling. There's a little bit of everything. Um, I'm very happy to do it. Um, I I mean, I, I learned a lot that I didn't know from living here for, you know, 20 years, mm-hmm. which is crazy. But, um, Did you hear any war stories? No, um, okay. I don't. I don't bring that up unless people wanna wanna talk to me about it. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's for a Tuesday night. It is bumping here. Wow, that's cool. So, that's good. To very hear. happy to be here. It's good to hear, and we want to thank uh, our guest uh, tonight, Dr. Simeon Hine. Boy, did he educate us about remote viewing. We've done a lot of remote viewing segments on it, but out there, that one was— That was a good one. That was a really good one, you know, and and he kind of explained it in a way that, um, you know, wrapping it into instinct and and how you don't—if you think about it, it doesn't work, but if you just let the thoughts come in, it does work. Really fascinating, and he also agreed with us. And it's probably part of one, you know, one part of all the stuff that's going on, ghosts, UFOs, Bigfoot, uh, the works, you know. So thank you, Dr. Simeon Hine. Just Google him, H-I, no, H-E-I-N, Simeon Hine. Um, also, uh, we want to thank, um, well, Lonely Larry, who made a very brief appearance. He's in a bad mood tonight. Lonely Larry's in a bad mood tonight because he didn't get his McRib sandwich. Is that right, Raven? <laughs> threw a fit about it and he said instead he had to get a lupo sub which i don't eat meat so i don't really know what speedies are i don't get it but apparently it's a thing i don't know it's something something with chicken and it stunk like a fart and he was all all mad about his mcrib i don't know hey listen if he's eating mcribs he's probably not eating meat either you know what i mean who knows what they (laughs) call it unless it got furry whiskey (laughs) um 
So we want to thank uh, we we want to thank Mike Coleman to the uh, post commander at uh, Post eighty two American Legion Hall in Endicott, New York. Um, we should talk about uh, coming up soon. Uh, Jocko is going to do a segment on weird weather. It turns out that there were three instances of strange weather that actually helped this country in its history. Talking about the history, um, one in the Revolutionary War, one in the War of eighteen twelve and one in the Civil War. I'll just tell you real quick, the tease of the 1812 one was when the British invaded Washington. They were going to burn down Washington during the War of 1812. The first day they were going to do it, they didn't do it because a hurricane hit. A hurricane out in the middle, from out of nowhere, hit and prevented them. Tornadoes, the works. And then the next day, a tornado hits Washington, D.C., and they didn't do it, and that's why they didn't burn Washington, D.C. to the ground because of these two kind of weather events. That will be coming up in a future show. Um, I also should give the plugs real quick. Homes for our troops. Homes for our troops. You hear us talking about them all the time. We're talking a lot about veterans uh, tonight. Just Google them. They are an organization that builds houses for wounded Iraqi and Afghani war victims, people who may have lost their limbs or whatever in the service of our country. They make these homes a little more um, livable for these people, lower counter space, better stairs, things like that. And then when they build the home, they give them the keys. They tear up the mortgage. It's theirs for free for the rest of their life. These people deserve it. We don't want to call it a charity anymore. As we said before, it's our moral obligation in this country to help our veterans. And they don't do anywhere near, the government doesn't do anywhere near what they should do to these heroes. I'm sorry. It, whether you're on the front line or whether you're peeling potatoes in Louisiana, you've given up time, your, time in your life to serve the country so a lot of us don't have to do it. Homes for our troops, please Google them. 88 cents of every dollar that you donate goes to building these houses for these people. Also, Ross Shop and his mad Englishman friends are putting together, putting back together a mosquito warplane from World War II. People's Mosquito Project, uh, just uh, Google them. Uh, it was a uh, plane that was made. I do this every week. It, it was a plane that was made out of wood, plywood. They put two Rolls Royce engines on it, and it was so fast it could outrun the bullets. Outrun the bullets. That's how fast. Can you imagine? <laughs> People's uh, Mosquito Project. Um, let's see what else. Oh, okay. Swag. You know, uh, if you want to get a bag of swag, all you have to do is just go to macmaloney.com. Hit the contact button, send us your mailing address, and we will send you a bag of swag as long as the swag lasts. And people ask, what is in the bag of swag? Uh, bar coasters, buttons of the show, uh, holographic stickers of the show, and also uh, two family pins, we call them. Uh, we're getting, it's, it's flying off the shelves. It's amazing. So that's it for tonight. Thank you, everyone out there, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you once again to Dr. Simeon Hine for educating us on remote viewing and also to Mike Coleman, who's the post commander of American Legion Post 82 in Endicott, New York. Raven has done a, a remote for, um, broadcast from that location for us tonight. Thank you. I'm going to thank everybody. Raven, thank you once again. Thank you we so appreciate much. that. Okay. And go buy your own man a McRib sandwich. I'll send him one through the mail. How about that? There we go. Send him one through the mail. Yeah. It's not real food, so it will last. It will That's last forever. Right. I don't know what it is. They do. I've had it. I don't know what it is. I don't know. You know, they have the bone. They leave weird. the bones in it, and they expect you to eat the bones. They're not real bones. There's bones in it? Yeah. No, there's no bones. No, there's, there's no bones. Make believe. Make believe. Make I mean, <laughs> like the whole thing. Jocko, thank is, you. it's a defect. Jocko, thank you for joining us tonight. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Mac. I wish I had better luck. 
That's okay. All right. You Electronics. Love uh, Willie Club, thank you for joining us tonight, Willie. Mac, it was a pleasure. In fact, you guys talking about food. I'm going out. I'm going to get down the street to have these roadkill sandwiches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to one of those. Really? Roadie? Roadie? They, they, have the they, they have the bones in them, too. They leave the bones Real thing, you know. But the bones are crushed because they've been run over. Roadkill. Okay, all right. Um, Lois, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for really having appreciate me. appreciate it. Juan Juan, of course, fun. thank you for joining you us. You betcha. My pleasure. We'll be back here next week with the whole gang. And so until then, this is back for the whole gang saying, until you hear us next time, be safe, be happy, and bye-bye. <laughs>